Hello and welcome to Just Marcus Podcast 365. My name is Shay and today is April 23rd, 2019. I hope you guys had a wonderful start to the week. Uh, we have a positive market today and a lot of it has to do with the new home sales data that came out today and it's not about earnings. I mean, some of the NASDAQ performance today is about earnings. Uh, Twitter had reported some some really exceptional numbers today, which was good. And and finally, you know, it's, it's finally broken out. It's, uh, it's a long-term average there, so which is a good sign. But uh, talking about some of the economic data that's come out in the past couple of days, we have the the new home sales that came out today and the existing home sales that came out yesterday, and they both are showing different things. Uh, existing home sales showed a a surprise on the downside, and then the new home sales showed surprise on the upside. We will talk more about this later. We will also talk about in today's podcast is about China and the Pillar Bureau and some of their comments and some of their uh, policy changes and their approach to monetary policy. So let's first talk about the existing home sales data that came out. So one of the data points that it showed was that the average home that stayed on the market was about 36 days. Now, that's a pretty quick sale for an average number, right? You know, it's not as good as it was in 07, you know, or in the mid-2000s where it was like 10 days or something. But this is still a pretty good number. You know, in a blink of an eye, you can... You know, a home could be sold, so you, you'll have to move fast. So definitely, if the home is priced appropriately, you're, you're getting these homes sold pretty quickly. Now, the existing home sales ran. Uh, the number came in at around at an annual rate of about 5.21 million rate for an annualized rate. So that means that at the moment, uh, with the current data for the, this year, uh, annually existing home sales will sell about 5.21 million this year, right? So that is as of March. Now that number is down from 5.3 that we initially thought um, end of February. So that number has come down. So that means that the March uh, number was was pretty slow, which is not a good sign uh, for home sales. And I'm not going to you know, talk about what I talked about yesterday, you know, about home sales and auto sales. If you want to hear about that, you can uh, uh, listen to our up, up, our podcast from yesterday, and and what my thoughts are about home sales and auto sales. So today, but this number is was very disappointing, and uh, it, because home sales are very very important. So that's why you saw some mixed signals from the market yesterday, and uh, this number is showing existing home sales number showing a, a trend downwards. If we had an upside surprise on this number yesterday, I, I could have said, okay, now the economy's improving and we're breaking out here. Uh, but the issue is that we're not. We're not. And this trend is showing lower and it's broken out. Now, I hope it breaks out to the upside and, the, and I hope that the April number looks better than expected and it breaks out major on the upside. I hope that is the case, but hope is not a strategy. So we're going to uh, stay with this and, you know, and be real and what the data is showing right now is that the housing market the existing home sales data is definitely showing some weakness so the new home sale data has shown an upside surprise so the market was expecting at an annual rate we would be selling somewhere around 656,000 new homes uh, annually this year 
but the uh, March data that came out showed that uh, that number has has moved up to about six point six hundred ninety-two thousand. So this number is, of course, reported by the Commerce Department. So you know we're seeing that the homes, new home sales, are looking much better than than the existing home sales. Now there's definitely more existing home sales out there than new homes, right? But uh, this n number is definitely looking better than the uh, existing home sales number. Now, something to keep in mind about housing data as we talk about it is that our population growth has slowed down. So you cannot compare mid-2000s and the 90s growth rate in new home sales or existing home sales to today because our growth rate of population has slowed down significantly. And we're also immigrating a lot less also, right? So, so you're, you know, you're seeing, you know, when you have less demand, for all you know, for you know, for homes, obviously those numbers will come down. So we have to think about those things as we adjust these numbers and we look at these numbers. At the end of the day, a trend is what matters, and the trend is currently that we're selling less homes, and that's that's why you have a slower e economic growth. And this is a fundamental issue for our economy. I always smirk and laugh at politicians when they talk about you know, harebrained ideas about growing 3.5%, 4%, or 5% over the long term, those growth rates are really not possible if, you're, if your population is not growing at a significant rate. And that means that demand for homes and autos are not growing at, at a significant rate. You know, we have talked about auto sales slowing down. Now we're talking about housing um, sales slowing down. This is an issue that's a, a secular trend. We need to grow our population. We know if anything, you know, we should incentivize in taxes or what have you for people to have more kids, you know, instead of having just one or two because raising kids is very, very expensive, right? So if we incentivize individuals and couples to have more kids, to adopt more kids, those kind of things, then maybe we'll have much higher population growth and maybe even immigrate more, right? That's how you can grow your population as well. That's why we have been able to grow and outgrow Asia, I'm sorry, uh, Japan and Europe is because we immigrate a lot more than those countries, right? We always have. And that's one, of, that's one of the things we've always done as a society and as an economy. And we have greatly benefited from it. And that increases tax revenue and, and everything else. So anyways, and going back to the, the housing numbers, you know, they look okay. They're, they're a mix at best. But the trend is not good. Um, new home sales looks better than expected, but remember, it's a much smaller number than the existing home sales. We're talking about one and a half million, you know, n number in existing home sales to only about six hundred and ninety thousand on the new home sales. So the impact of the of the surprise is not is not maximized here, right? It's minimal. If the existing home sales really surprise on the upside by the same percentage of five percent, then I would say yes, that makes total sense. That's good news, da, 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 but it's not. All right, let's do a quick update on China. Well, China, as you guys remember, uh, reported better than expected economic growth last week. They reported a annualized rate of 6.4%, uh, better than, you know, that's about 30 basis points better, better than what was expected. Uh, just to keep this in perspective, this growth rate is about a 30-year low for China. Right, so it is nowhere near its growth rate that it was about even ten years ago or five years ago. So it's growing at a much lower rate, and uh, it's uh, it's the new normal, if you will, for China. Right, and as uh, I'm going to talk about further about the the Pillar Bureau, uh, the Pillar Bureau uh, met 
last week or over the weekend and talked about some of the, the policy direction, the both fiscal and monetary policy direction that, that they want to go into. And they talked a little bit about on how they want to do things, right? So what uh, they talked about was they they feel that all they want to do is now is fine tune the the economy, the economic growth and price changes, right? So economic growth is GDP. Price changes here would be inflation or deflation, right? So that's what they want to really um, influence, and they want to do it in a preemptive manner, right? So that's you know if you have been a student of, of finance and the Fed here in the U.S., that's kind of like pretty normal right that's the job of the of the central bank usually right that th this is what they do so the Politburo uh in china is like the board of governors right in a corporation uh where xi jinping their their premier is the the chairman of the board of governors here and uh and the rest of our the members are the ones that you know help make the decision in which direction the economic policy should go and how aggressive or passive they should be in the in those policies. Now I'm going to read a quote quickly here from the the Central Financial and Economic Affairs Commission, and and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. Monetary policy needs to be neither too tight nor too loose and should be fine-tuned in a timely and preemptive way based on economic growth and changes in price situations. In summary, what they're talking about is, is monetary policy in this case, right? You know, rates, uh, reserve rates, uh, um, and, uh, you know, the equivalent of their Fed funds rate and rates in general. They want those rates to be fine-tuned, so they want to set a pace of economic growth where it grows at the current levels, right? This is what they want to do, and they want to keep prices stable. They want to keep inflation stable. That's what that means, and uh, they want to make sure they're, they're maximizing growth, but they do not want to sacrifice for inflation, and one of the reasons why, why they're doing this is they believe that the economy is at 6.4% or up to even 7% is is growing at full potential in their minds, right? So, and they're not expecting double-digit growth again, growth again. They're not. So that's to, you know, they have lower expectations for their economic growth in the future. And that is really, really interesting. As an investor, as an investor, you... Uh, as you're investing in China um, in the ETF, or you know you're buying A shares or pure plays, you know you have to think about you're not you're probably not going to get the same types of returns that you've probably experienced in the last 20 or 30 years, right? So definitely uh, lower those expectations. But the, what it also means is that you're not going to get the same amount of volatility also that you've also experienced in the past few years because. Um, the pillar bureau is recommending or has thoughts that it should be more balanced approach instead of like growth, 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 right? You know, maximize growth, you know, pedal to the metal growth kind of thing. So they're definitely not doing that anymore. Now, that's very, very interesting. And, you know, remember that the pillar bureau is the top decision making body of the Communist Party there, right? So they're definitely, uh, they're, they're definitely, um, you know, the major decision makers. And, and the fact that they're saying this, it's of great 
importance. Now, the appeal bureau also said that authorities will strike balance between stabilizing economic growth, promoting reforms, controlling risks, and improving people's livelihoods, adding that China would forward with structural efforts to control debt levels and prevent speculation in the property markets. So this is really interesting, right? They're not only talking about economic growth and, and stable pricing, but they're talking about controlling risks and, and debt, right? So what does that mean? That means that the, they're worried about speculation and bubbles, right, that, that have been created in the property market, for example. They feel that there, there may be a bubble in the, debt, in the debt space and in the property markets, right? So they are definitely worried about, about those aspects of their economy, and that's why they're, they're being very, very careful. That's why they want to have a balanced approach because they feel that if they're really aggressive, you know, that's going to create more bubbles or it's going to uh, create issues where these bubbles can burst, right? And if bubbles burst, that's going to be a major economic issue for China and the pillar barrel and how to deal with that, right? So that's what they're saying. So what to take away from these comments from the pillar barrel is that they're changing stances, they're being preemptive in their approach to monetary policy, and they are and they are taking a balanced approach. They don't want to burst any bubbles. Uh, they feel that there are some in the debt market and in the property market, but they don't want to burst those because they feel it's going to be it's going to be a major major issue, and they don't want to tighten tighten the policy too harsh because that will burst them. So so that's why they're taking that balanced approach and slowly control those risks, right? You know, slowly work through those issues. And that's what they're doing. So if you're an investor in China and if you have money there, that should make you feel better. I'm not saying they're going to be successful. I'm saying that's the approach they're taking, right? Now, they have the authority. They have the power to do whatever it takes. But, you know, that's the, this is their approach. So, you know, when people think, uh, when people think they're always too smart and the overall economy as a whole and that's when you have major corrections and major bubbles. Uh, I feel that they may be successful because they have all the power in the world when it comes to China, but uh, it's it's a risky uh, way to do things and not let market you know determine action. But that's how China runs its economy. It's in a in a directive manner. It's not a free market system like ours, right? So let's see on how things work out. So talking about everything that we did today, we talked about China, we talked about some of the economic indicators in the housing market. What's all showing, the housing market showing us is that we're so growing, but not at a pace that I would say we will grow at over 3%. No signs of that right now as we see it. Uh, we have some headline risk going on right now about threatening, you know, the Trump administration threatening Europe with tariffs. So these are the type of headline risks that really, really take away confidence from businesses to invest more money in the economy. And that's not what we want, right? So, you know, I feel like when we have these threats and, and you know, because of Harley Davidson or whatever it is, um, it's a penny wise and a pound and a pound foolish, right? Because we lose more economically than we gain from any of this back and forth. If we do it in a responsible manner and back channels in responsible manners, then you get more out of it. Otherwise, this does not make a lot of sense for us to do it. We lose a lot more 
in economic growth and trade growth, right? So just to, uh, you know, just a few thoughts there. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's podcast. I really enjoyed doing these. I hope you guys enjoy them as well. If you do, please uh, rate and subscribe and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all the other uh, uh, platforms. If you, if you have any questions for me, please email me at justmarcus365 at gmail.com. As always, it was a pleasure. Until tomorrow, take care. Please remember this podcast is for information purposes only and presenters will make every effort to provide accurate information, but assumes no responsibility for accuracy. You should not construe any such information or other materials as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there cannot be any assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or products, or non-investment related content made reference to directly or indirectly in this podcast will be profitable, equal any corresponding indicated historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. Due to various factors, including changing market conditions or applicable laws, the content may not, no longer be reflective of current opinions or positions. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this podcast serves as a receipt or as a substitute for personal investment advice from your advisor. To extent you should have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issues discussed, you are encouraged to consult with your professional advisor of your choosing.